0: Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello, welcome to today's episode. So today's episode number 44 and what we're going to be talking about and diving deep into is how to push and pull and get rid of or get out of desperate energy to get what you want faster. So this would be probably a, a higher level version of like a masterclass of getting what you want faster. If you haven't listened to any of my other episodes on getting either clear on what you want or how to get what you want faster and collapse time, I'll make sure to link those two episodes in the show notes. I want to say um, the episode... I don't remember the episode number, but one of them is How to Collapse Time, Birthday Edition, and then the other one is um, Talks About Your Future Self, which I referenced in last week's episode. So don't worry. Those will be linked in the show notes if you want to kind of dive into those. But with that being said if you have listened to those episodes or you are already manifesting in that level, then this episode's really gonna click. So just like with everything else in the world, there's always a new level of mastery. There's a new level of excellence. There's a new level of ease and flow because you've been doing something for a certain amount of time or maybe a certain amount of repetitions. Just like a pro athlete, if you've been, I don't know, if you're Serena Williams, and you've been playing tennis since you were like a baby, every year you're just gonna get that much a little bit better, that much a little bit smarter, that much a little bit faster, that much a little bit more this and this and this. Manifesting, and or if you don't like the word manifesting, getting what you want in a rapid time is the same thing. It is a muscle that you have to build, and as you build it, you're going to learn new levels of, oh, well if I do this, this will happen faster. If I do that, this slows my process down pulling and pushing things in is the same thing. It's just a way to identify it. So let me give you an example so it can be a little more concrete. Ben and I have been looking for a specific type of equipment for our palm tree farm. We're looking for a dump trailer. Now mind you, talking about a dump trailer, AKA a big freaking trailer that's 16 feet long, preferably has three foot high sidewalls, is not the sexiest thing in the world. But I want you to have a clear example to run through this whole podcast so that that way you can implement it in your own life. You know, you can take what's my dump trailer and you can insert having a baby, getting a better job, transitioning into a different job, having your side hustle, bring in X amount of dollars, enter whatever you want here with my dump trailer. But let's just wrong with that one for this episode? The last, let's say, six or seven months, we have been acknowledging that we needed a dump trailer. There's so many things on the property that we could be doing that would make our lives easier with a dump trailer. There was a phenomenal deal on a bunch of um, pots that we could have used for future palm trees that fell apart because we basically didn't have access to a dump trailer. We had a very certain window that we could get like a shipping containers worth of pots out. And because we couldn't get one and we couldn't rent one and everyone that we tried renting one from wanted to literally charge us a small freaking fortune. It just that fell through. So there was all these and there has been all these scenarios of, well, if we had a dump trailer, this would happen. Or if we had a dump trailer, this would be easier. Or if we had a dump trailer, this would, you know, so on and so forth. Right. So we were clear in the sense that having a dump trailer would make our lives, make our farm, make our business easier easier. We got very clear on that. And then the other part of it was like, okay, well, let's get clear on what size. Because in the world of, of trailers, um, depending on where you live, you might pull the trailer been with a tra- whatever, right? You might have experience with trailers or not. So in the world of trailers, there is a wide variety. There is the smaller garden trailers that any old truck can pull. There are big trailers that you need a CDL to pull. There are trailers that you need a, a, a double. a a dual axle machine or a a dually to pull. So there's tons and tons of different types of trailers. So the past couple of months, we're like, okay, well, we want something that um, at first we was like, okay, let's look at a bumper pull. So a bumper pull, and again, bear with me, right? But a bumper pull is something that, If you have a truck, there's a hitch that comes out of the back of the truck of the frame. So a bumper pull hooks onto that hitch. It literally is pulling from the bumper versus a gooseneck looks like a goose's neck and it actually arches over and goes into a special mounting point in the middle of the truck bed. And it's kind of cool because it looks like a swan diving into the back of your truck bed you know, in metal, but whatever's, right? Poetry is everywhere. Um, but it mounts into the back of your truck bed and it's using pretty much the middle of your truck bed as a way to have more stability to pull a trailer. So we had learned over a couple of different trailers that goosenecks when it comes to trying to pull this level of size and this level of weight makes things so much easier. We have a better turning radius. Da, 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 da. So we're like, okay, cool, we want a gooseneck trailer. And there is a local place in town that sells trailers. Again, we live in an agriculture community, so it kind of makes sense. Well, we've talked to the guy multiple times. There even was two trailers within the price range we wanted to stay in that showed up And we still hesitated, we still hesitated, we still hesitated and we didn't pull the trigger and then shockingly, you know, the two trailers sold. We were not clear on, in regards to this particular item, the pull and the push and the whole desperate energy of what we were trying to do. So what we didn't recognize up until pretty much almost today was that cool, we were clear on that we wanted a dump trailer. We were clear that we wanted a gooseneck. We were clear for the most part on the budget we wanted to spend. We were clear that it made more sense to finance and then to try and take pretty much a good chunk of our cash and just you know pay cash for it so we were clear on a handful of things but what we were not clear on were some other specifics how heavy duty do we want the trailer to be what was the other one what size walls do we want you know these are things that were other aspects of the whole transactions that we were not clear on And because of that, we have been very, and I mean very wishy-washy on buying this trailer. Now, again, enter your own thing that you're being wishy-washy on. Enter that in regards to the trailer. You may be clear on one or two or three points of it, but you might be very wishy-washy on the other parts of it. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. Today we're going to go. We're going to look at a trailer. I'm going to call some places. We're going to do it. We're we're going to take action and we're going to move the truck on because there are too many somewhat missed opportunities or opportunities we can't even apply for because we don't have this trailer. is starting to hold us back. I'm done, I'm not available for that. Let's move on and get the trailer. So called around to a handful of places. Only one place was actually pretty good with us and actually got back to us and told us what they actually had on the the lot, not what we could order. So we drove the two hours, at least in our reality, driving two to three hours to go look at something is super normal for us. So we went, drove the hour and a half, two hours to go look at this trailer. And the original trailer we went to go look at was again a gooseneck, a sixteen foot. Those are, that was the length that we were wanting, and it had two foot sidewalls. And we're looking at it, and we're both hesitating. We're like, eh, 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 and we're kind of picking it apart. And normally what I have paid attention to, and it doesn't matter about the trailer, it, it matters when you're going after a desire. When you start to like legitimately nitpick things so you can find an excuse to not buy it, that means you're not getting what your heart desires. So it's like, okay, well, do you have anything bigger? Do you have anything more heavy duty? Because I don't know that this is going to be heavy duty enough for us. And the guy's like, yeah, not a problem. So he goes and he shows us this other one. It's like legitimately five grand more, so kind of pushes us past the budget of where we were wanting and into the uh, budget, but it's five grand more and it is so much more heavy duty. It's not even funny. It has this really cool thing, which I didn't even know existed, but it's a deck on top of the gooseneck. Um, just because when you're hauling big equipment like a tractor or, um, a, a skid steer or things like that, normally there's a bucket on the front of the machine, AKA the thing that you use to scoop stuff, right? So normally you have that bucket and when you're trying to haul a trailer, Or trying to haul that in the trailer, I should say. The bucket and the arm or chur, whatever you want to call it, but basically the bucket and the arm, right? That takes a good amount of your square footage up. Now, depending on how many implements you're trying to take with you, if that arm is there and that's in the back of a trailer, plus the actual piece of equipment, plus any other implements, now you're kind of running out of room because it's not like they're light enough that you can just pick them up and stack them sideways. So this gooseneck trailer, again, same length of footage that we wanted, but it actually had a higher uh, sidewall instead of two feet, Tall. It was three feet tall, so I was like, "Oh my God, that's awesome!" And it had this deck on top of the gooseneck that, if you wanted to, you could either put smaller, lighter implements there, or if again you have the bucket or the 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 forks of a skid steer or whatever, right? You can take that and you can rest that on top of the gooseneck. Super sturdy, super stable, and it actually gains you square feet back. And if you're using it to store smaller implements, this whole top of the deck that's on top of the gooseneck is like eight feet. So, I mean, that's huge. When you're talking about trailer size, literally you just took your trailer, which is 16 feet long, and you just shy of tripled it because you have this top deck part. So we look at this trailer. I mean, look at the original trailer we had come to look at and we're like, oh my God, such a clear night and day difference. This one meets our needs a lot better. It's a lot more heavy duty. The tires are a lot more heavy duty. Um, it's meant for commercial use. So we don't have to worry about, oh, in X amount of miles, you know, two, three thousand, whatever miles, we're going to wear the tires out. And we're going to have to get a whole new set of tires. It had the commercial tires. It had the reinforcements that we were looking for, for it had that top deck over the gooseneck that we were looking for it had another foot higher on the sidewall so that means if we're hauling mulch or rock or gravel or all these other things that we've been wanting to do we have more um you have more space that basically you can go um, and it's actually short enough that if we wanted to sideload something with our tractor we could so it met all these criterias right and you know we were like wow this is really really good but we didn't buy it I know I just spent a couple minutes talking up this trailer and the gooseneck and all the things we could do with it and how we were wanting it, but we didn't buy it. And here's why. Part of where we were not clear was we were pulling in. So let's go back to the original premise, right? We were pulling in that we wanted a a trailer. We were pulling in that we wanted a dump bed. So we were clear that we wanted a dump bed, we were clear that we wanted a gooseneck. We were clear that we wanted a um 16-foot. We were clear on all these things, right? What we were not clear on was okay, what was the level of quality we were wanting? What was a level of sidewall height what we were wanting, and what was the level of things that we were willing to spend. So we had this pull and we had this push. And basically what we were doing, whether we were conscious because we weren't, we weren't conscious of it. But what we were doing is we were pulling and we were pushing away at the same time. So nothing could actually come through. And that's why our energy was so wishy-washy. So you can't have equal parts pull and equal parts push and expect to get anywhere. That's like putting your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time and wondering why you're creating a rut. You're literally creating counter-forcing energy. So we decided not to pull out the trigger on the trailer today. Ran the numbers, looked at everything. We were happy with that, but we're like, ah, there's still a couple of other things we wanted to clear up. And so we decided to leave and go home. And as we're driving home, I was like, you know, I'm happy we didn't pull the trigger on it. Um, There's clearly a handful of things we need to get clear on. You know, it's one of those things. And this is where the thought of this episode came up. We need to get a lot more clear on what we're pulling in and what we're pushing out because we keep pushing out You know, we keep saying that we want this trailer. We want it to be super heavy duty, blah, 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 blah. We really don't want to order something and have it take four to six months to come in. So we're pushing out all these things that we don't want, but we're pulling in what we want. And it just doesn't make sense. It's not clear how is... You know, if you take the metaphysical side of it out, how is any salesperson in the world supposed to make me happy if I can't be clear on what I want, if I'm pushing them away and I'm pulling them in? I want this, but yet I don't want to pay or I want that, but I don't want this feature like it doesn't make sense. In a sense, when you're doing that pulling and that pushing in the same aspect, you're creating a desperate energy because you're like, please fulfill my every need, even though I don't know what my every need is. It's very desperate, it's very confusing, it's very hard to get what you want. So, when we recognize that on the way home, we're like, okay, cool, we're gonna get very clear on what we want. We want X, Y, and Z, and these are the two or three things we've been a little wishy washy on. Let's do I shouldn't say we. Ben's going to do the research because he's a thousand times better at that than I am. I can make a handful of calls if he needs me to, but Ben's going to do the research on X, Y, and Z so that we can get clear on all of it. So instead of having this push and this pull energy on it, or AKA we're that worst customer in the world that can't you know, decide on what they want, we're only pulling in what we want. We're only pushing away everything we don't want. And we know that that type of trailer exists So with that being said, I wanna dive a little bit more into the pushing and the pulling, um, and a lot more into the desperate energy because what was a light bulb moment for me was when we had bought our our first house and also now the house we live in currently, our second home. We bought our first home when we were 20. And mind you, I think we looked at four or five houses, like with a real estate agent, before we actually made an offer on our house. And obviously that means we you know, this was pre Zillow. So we were looking at like MLS listings, we were driving around neighborhoods, blah, 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 blah. So we did the homework, we did the practical part of it of, okay, well, what neighborhood do we want to live in? What type of mortgage rate are we wanting? We got clear on all the things that we were wanting, right? Okay, it has to have sidewalks. Okay, it has to be within running or bike, bicycle riding distance to a library. Okay, it has to be on this. It has to, do, it has to, it has to, it has to. So we were very clear on that. And because we were so clear on the house we wanted and we were able to paint this picture, we were also able to push away everything else we didn't want. So when we went to go talk to a real estate agent, we're like, hey, we want a three bedroom, two bath, two car garage minimum it has to meet that if it does not have that criteria don't show it to me aka the clear pull and the clear push and it has to be in a uh, a neighborhood it cannot be on a main road um i grew up in a house that lived on a main road and i, I kind of hated it so like it can't be on a main road it has to have sidewalks i need to be within a couple miles of a library so we're very very clear on what we pulled in what we pushed out and by doing that and being stupid clear our real estate agent was able to see what we wanted, able to shortlist a handful of homes for us. And like legitimately, I think she showed us, I don't know, a handful of houses. I think she only showed us two days equivalents of houses. And when we walked into our first home, we walked in, it had all the, mind you, it had like 80 sh- or 70 shag green carpet, but whatever. I didn't care about that. That was easy and replaceable. So it had the three bedrooms, it had the two bath, it had the two car garage. It had um, a small little backyard. It was in a a quiet neighborhood. It was a couple miles away. I think it was actually um, just shy of four miles away from the library. So it met all of our needs. And boom, we were able to take this home buying process and quote unquote collapse time, make it super fast and super easy. And then... When we knew what we wanted to pay on it, boom, we were able to quote unquote collapse time again. Ben was working his ass off. He got our mortgage done within 30 days. Mind you, we're 20 years old on our own buying a home in America that is very unheard of, Um, or at least it's very hard because you are perceived as being irresponsible still. You're not an adult, you're still just a baby. You're still just figuring shit out. When in reality, you're a motherfucking adult and most people just choose to act like children because they just don't grow up. So whatever's right? So you, we're, we're fighting against this perceived notion that we're not responsible, that we're too young, we don't know what we're doing. Because you were young, therefore you don't know what the fuck you're doing, which is just so ignorant, but whatever's right? When it came to the house, instead of having to deal with all of that, we were very, very clear on what we wanted. We were very clear on what we were pulling in and we were very fucking clear on what we were pushing out. We went to our local bank and we were like, hey, we want to go ahead and buy this house and... Um, at the time we had our money in a different bank account. And they're like, "Well, to get a down payment, you need 20%. And they're talking to us like we're fucking idiots. And we're like, we already know what the 20% is. The 20% is, is blah, blah, blah for the math. We have the money here. And I had bank statements already. And they're like, well, you need three months. I'm like, here's three months of bank statements showing that the money is there, improving it. And by the way, run our credit scores. And by the way, do this, 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 and this. And when they realized that we knew what we were doing, we pulled in exactly what we wanted because we were very clear we pushed out the idea that just because we were young didn't mean we were able to buy a home and just because we you know back then I think I made like 12 bucks an hour and Ben made like 12 or 14 bucks an hour that just because we worked quote-unquote low-paying jobs we couldn't buy a home we pushed out all of that those ideas There was no room for negative energy. There was no room for desperate energy. There was no room for uncertainty because the picture was so fucking clear that it literally painted itself into existence. So, same thing on the trailer. If you can hear the differences in the story, when we were driving home, I was like, you know, I was like wondering, okay, we've been talking about this trailer for months now. I'm over this shit. I just want to buy a trailer and go home. I just want to be able to go and, you know, get. A, a, you know, a a shit ton of mulch, so we could go ahead and mulch the pasture. I want to go and be able to get a shit ton of dirt, so we could go ahead and take all the baby seeds that are starting to sprout and, and, um, you know, move them into the pots that we have. I'm ready. I'm very clear that I want this trailer. Why is it not clicking into place? We're really good at collapsing time. We're really good at manifesting stuff. So why is it not working? And then we were chit chatting back and forth in the car because again, it's. almost a two-hour drive home. And we're like, oh, we're not as clear as what it was when we bought the house. Or even this house, the current house that we're in right now. I was very fucking clear that I wanted X, Y, and Z. Ben was very fucking clear on the house. Mind you, this was before the pandemic. But to me, it doesn't matter. Whenever we go to buy our third home in the future, like, I don't care what the market is saying or when i dictate or when ben dictates a price of what we're willing to pay that's what it is and the house will figure out how to get to it and that's not to come from an egotistical place because again if you look at us we look very young um and even you know same thing with the the house again so house 2.0 how the experience was different was that You know, we walked into the bank and we were wanting the house. It's a manufactured home. So there's this preconceived notion that just because you have a manufactured home means it's a a piece of shit house and there's no quality and it's going to fall apart on the first thing. And in reality, our house is super fucking well built. It's more well built in some areas than, you know, other concrete homes that I've seen. Or, you know, even the first house that we were renting that we lived in, this house is built better than that one. So we're pushing against this, you know, perceived notion that because it's a manufacturer home, it's going to be hard to get financing or, you know, mind you, I think we were 30, what we've been in this house two years, we're 33. So what, we were 30, 31-ish, just shy, um, that because we were young, it was going to be really hard to buy a home. Uh, blah 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 and you know when I was because it was we we joked that the first house Ben took care of so this one was mine so I needed to go ahead and take care of the paperwork and deal with the real estate agent and deal with the bank and I went in very fucking clear and I'm like no this is the house we want we want to buy something that has agricultural usage I want multiple acres I want a house that is a four fucking bedroom with two bathrooms those are my standards I will not go below it I know I want blah, 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 right? So very fucking clear with the real estate agent. Boom, we were able to make it happen. And then when it came back, time to do it with the bank. So the bank was like, well, you know, I don't know if you've ever bought a home before. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I owned my first home with my husband for literally 10 fucking years. I think we sold the house like, 10 years and a month into owning it. So I'm like, I know what it is to own a home. I know what it is to have a mortgage payment. I've owned a home longer than I ever did anything else. So don't try and talk to me and treat me like I'm a fucking idiot. I'm not. Like, I know my shit. So they're like, oh, okay, not a problem. And then part of buying a home, at least in the United States, is there's this thing where a lot of banks try and quote force you to escrow. Now, I have had very bad experiences with escrow, so I am super biased on it. I am so unavailable for it. It's not even funny. Like, I had a throw down with my bank when we were buying this house that if they didn't fix this escrow shit, I was going to walk. Like, I didn't care. I was going to fucking walk. But ba- basically, if you're not in the States or you don't know what escrowing is, escrow is when you have your mortgage and and you take your taxes and you take your homeowner's insurance and you bundle it into this package and then you pay this one lump sum. Well, on the surface, it might be like, oh, well, that is so much easier. In reality, that is your bank guessing not fucking calculating but guessing oh we assume your taxes are going to be this we assume your insurance is going to be that mind you they're also majority of the time the ones that get you your insurance so if you want to tweak things or modify things you're not the one in charge of all that shit so they're doing all of this work for you because supposedly you're too fucking invalid or invalid to do it so they do all this shit for you and they present this nice, clean, pretty package called escrow. And they're like, well, just go ahead and escrow. It'll make your life so much easier. When in reality, escrow is a very, for some people is a very good experience. For me, it was a horrifying experience. Um, our bank, our our first house, um, we never escrowed because we're like, no, we know how to pay our fucking bills. Don't do it. Move on. So we did an escrow. And when our bank got bought by another bank, you know, in the background, they, when they were moving over the files, they fucked up our files and they said our house had to be escrowed and that we hadn't paid our escrowed. And our mortgage that was $300, like legitimately, our first mortgage was $300 and 14 cents. That was what I was willing to pay. I was will- not willing to pay anything more than that. So our first mortgage went from $300 to was like just shy of $900 because they were trying to tack on all these fees and this escrow and blah, 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 blah. I spent three months, multiple weeks at a time, hours at a time. Thank God we worked for ourselves back then. But I spent hours upon hours upon hours in the bank trying to fix this. So needless to say, I have a horrifying experience with escrow and I do not like it and I do not trust it and I know how to pay my own fucking bills. So when house 2.0 came into the mix I told her right off the bat I'm like I am not escrowing that is not an option if you force me to escrow I will walk I do not care you get someone on the phone that tells me you will not write me alone if I don't escrow and if that is the case I will leave and go somewhere else Now, Mrs. Stevens not a problem blah, blah 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 right and then right before the end came oh well it looks like you have to escrow and I'm like you either fix this shit now and fix all my paperwork or I don't care that I'm closing in a week I will walk and I will suit. You told me that I will not have to escrow. I am not available for escrowing. You tell them bitches, I owned my first home for 10 fucking years and I never had an issue. I am not escrowing. End of discussion. So Again, super freaking clear on what I was pulling in and what I was pushing away. I was pushing away the idea that escrow was ever gonna be in my life. And I was pulling in the numbers that we wanted, the experience that we wanted, that we were gonna close in 30 freaking days. I was very, very clear. So that anytime someone tried putting their own desperate energy or their own opinion or their own beliefs in regards to what we were wanting to happen, our reality, what we were manifesting, anytime someone tried putting that upon us, it literally, it just slid right off because it wasn't available. We, it was literally an, an opportunity or an option or reality we were not available for. So because of that, because there has been multiple experiences where we were really, really, really clear on what we wanted, what we didn't want, and we were not available for anything else, it made sense and it was like a light bulb went off in my head of like, oh my God, no wonder why we haven't been able to have a trailer. It's because of X, Y, and Z. We've been very clear on this, but we've been very wish-washy on that. And I was like, okay, cool. We're going to go home. We're going to focus. We're going to get unwishy-washy on these handful of things. And then we're going to pull in what we want and we're going to push away what we don't want. We are no longer available for the desperate energy. I actually like... Some people might think just because I'm on a podcast or something like that, I don't talk like that with my husband. I legitimately talk like that. I talk about desperate energy and collapsing time and we talk about I'm no longer available or I'm an energetic match or energetic maxes, maximums and minimums. We talk about all of that stuff. It's a part of our reality and I always get a kick out of when Ben uses those words too because I know that I've talked about it so much that like it's coming out of him unconsciously. And I use those words because just like in last week's episode, those are the words I can get behind. Those are the words that click in my head. Those are the words that I can go ahead and match up my actions to because all of this would be fantastic. But if I don't have any action behind it, then it doesn't matter. You know, and that's one of the things that people in general do not understand when they're trying to manifest something. There's always something that you're required to do, whether it is have undeserved, you know, un- unwavering, that's what I was looking for, whether it is you having unwavering faith that it's going to happen, whether it is you getting very, very clear, there's always a part that you're supposed to do. There's always a part that you're supposed to play. There's always an action, whether it's your belief system or something tangible that you're supposed to take. And when you do, you go from taking something that is kind of walking its way towards you to literally, it's like full on sprinting and it's on a conveyor belt. So this whole concept of collapsing time, things come to you so much faster because part of it, let's go to the practical side. Your subconscious brain knows exactly what to do. So I have told my subconscious brain, Ben has told his subconscious brain, okay, this is the amount of money we're willing to spend. Let's make sure we're buying the best bang for our buck. So that means let's call every fucking trailer place in Florida. And hell, maybe that means we need to go back to looking at buying a trailer from georgia but let's rule out all the things that we've been wishy-washy on so that we know that when we buy our trailer that it 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 meets all of our criteria. there is no desperate energy there's no wishy-washy energy we know what we want and we can move on with confidence so that would be the practical side of it and then obviously the spiritual manifesting energetic side of it is getting clear on what we want there is a prayer and it's unrelated to clearly it's it's unrelated to a trailer but there is a prayer that i've been using and i sent it to my girlfriend um, a week two three weeks ago at this point and it said and it was regards in regards to something else but basically the prayer is whenever x is ready to come through i am ready whenever you are and then the part that i just added to it is and i am willing to do everything in my power to be so so I- i've never liked having a mantra where everything just seems like I'm sitting around and I'm doing nothing. Like sitting around and doing nothing maybe is the right action, but majority of the time there's always, I have a belief system that there's always my part that I need to do. Whether it is believe, whether it is trust, whether it is relax, whether it is, you know, whatever. But there's always an action I'm supposed to take. So And I'll make sure, again, these questions, this mantra is in um, the show notes. And I just started doing this, depending on when you're listening to this. If you're listening to, to it somewhat live, I just started making all of those journal prompts, like a picture that you can just save it and download it. So instead of having to worry about it or copy and paste it or anything like that, you can just save the image, you can download it, and you can use it whenever you want. And it's nice, clean, and easy for you. So, I want you to get to the point when you're pulling something in and you're pushing out what you don't want and you're getting rid of that desperate energy that you can literally say it. You can say it so clearly that that mantra, that prayer, that belief system can, you know, it it can work. So in this instance, let's go back to the trailer, right? Whenever my... 16-foot gooseneck with three-foot sidewall walls and a badass interest rate and being able to be ag-exempt and all of the things that we are wanting. Whenever that trailer is ready to come through, I am ready when you are and I'm willing to do everything in my power to be so. So that means I've paid off the other trailer, that means Ben's done the research to make sure we're getting the best bang for our buck. That means our credit is really, really good. That means we're willing to drive if that's what's required from us. So that is us willing to do our part, but we're also very clear on what we want to come through. And the other part of it is when you're pushing and you're pulling, you know, it can seem like it's a lot of work and it's not meant to be a lot of work. A lot of this, and again, you can take the example that I've been using, whether it's houses or which I never even planned about talking about our house experiences, but whether it's houses, you can take that and you can say, well, I want to have a baby. You can re- replace that, that idea with this or you want to take your side business and you want it to bring in a legitimate income, not just dribs and drabs. You can take my trailers or my house and you can replace it with what you actually desire. A lot of it comes back to Pushing and pulling is not necessarily a lot more work than what you're already doing. It's just a lot more concrete work. It's a lot more energetically, physically, spiritually, action-wise. It's a lot more clear because there's this perceived notion that if you're constantly running around and doing something, that is enough. And that's not necessarily enough. So it would be the same as if, Let's use a trailer, for example, because I'm trying to make this super clear for you. So if we were like, we want a trailer, we want a trailer, we want a trailer, we want a trailer, but we never looked at what we wanted. We never looked at what we could afford. We never looked at, okay, what's the best bang for our buck? And we constantly were borrowing smaller trailers. And we, we were happy to do 15 loads with a small trailer that we could do in one big one. Well, if you're doing all of these things and you're quote unquote doing something, but in reality you're running around in circles, what is the message that you're portraying? You're portraying a desperate energy, a desperate energy of, I-, I say I want this, but my actions don't follow through. And I am not a fan of that. You know, I always go back to you need to be very, very clear. You need to be able to sit down at that universe cafe, you need to be able to talk and turn to the waitress that is taking your order and they need to be able to go to the cook say hey they want an x y and z and to be able to come back and serve you x y and z not you know oh you sit down at the universe cafe and i've talked about this before but you know if you haven't heard of it i have this um it's so clear on my head that when i'm manifesting that i call it the universe cafe so the universe cafe is you know you walk on in and you sit down at these 1950s style Diner, and you have this lady come up to you, and she's like, Okay, what do you want? And you sit down and you order. So, a very unclear, wishy washy, desperate energy, not knowing what you're pulling or pushing in, would be like, Hey, I want meat. And she's like, Okay, cool. What type of meat? I want meat. I want meat. I want meat. I want meat. And you're just, you know, shy of throwing a temper tantrum that you want me and she's like okay this bitch wants meat, but what the fuck does she want does she want steak does she want chicken um does she want freaking like beyond vegan meat does she want tofu that looks like meat? what type of, like what is she does she want lamb does she want pork what does she want and you're sitting there saying i want meat. i want meat. why am i not giving me why why is the universe not giving me meat well it doesn't know what you want so when she goes back to the cook aka the universe god whoever you know and says well this bitch at table five wants me but she won't tell me what type the the cook you know the 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 manifester the grantor for lack of a better words like okay well looks like i got some steaks that are thawed. let's give her some steaks and in reality you wanted i don't know a lamb shake you wanted a euro. A you wanted I don't know. You wanted anything other than steak. So then the lady comes back to you and she's like, well, here you go. Here's some steaks. And then you complain and you bitch that like, Oh, the universe isn't listening to me. My life is so much harder than it needs to be. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's like, well, no bitch. You ordered the damn, you didn't even order the steak. You just ordered meat. And then you wonder why the universe isn't being able to be clear on what you want and give you what you want. So I, You know, that desperate energy would be you sitting at the table ordering meat, when in reality, a very clear energy, like I I can picture it in my head, it's so crystal clear, it's not even funny. You walk in, you sit down, and you say, hey, I would like a chocolate milkshake made with full fat milk, or, you know, because that's that's my jam right now. I would like uh, broccoli, or steamed broccoli, I would like corn, and I would like... um, I don't know, let's say lamb. I would like I would like lamb as my main course and I would like my appetizer to be a salad and I would like to also have um, a small cup of, uh, I'm, this is gonna sound weird, but like a small cup of soup as well. And oh, that soup, I want it to be like clam chowder. I have no clue if any of that goes, but that's just the things that rattled off in my head, right? So she, your waitress, would be able to write everything down and say, okay, this, this lady's clearly... Like either pregnant or having a stroke, but she wants, um, you know, she wants a chocolate milkshake. She wants clam chowder. She wants um, a a salad, and she wants broccoli and corn, and she wants lamb as her main course. And then the the waitress can go back to the cook and say, "Hey, this is what the person wants." The the universe waitress. And cook whatever those two it can be like. Wow, that's a really weird order, but whatevs. And they can go ahead and fulfill the order, and then the waitress can come back and go, "Here you go." And then you, or you know, you as a manifester can be like, "Cool, I'm getting everything I want." When people are saying, when women, when whatevs, right, are saying that they're getting everything they want, it's because it's not because they're special. If anything, they're so unspecial, it's not even funny. But the reason why they're getting what they want is because they're so fucking clear on what they want. Whether it is good, bad, or indifferent, being clear is the secret. And when you are clear on it, then you need to be conscious of what are you pulling in and what are you pushing away. What are the options or opportunities or things, I use this phrase a lot, things I'm no longer available for. So when I'm pushing something away, that is me in my head, that is me picturing, visualizing, believing, using my words, using my actions to say, I am no longer available for X, Y, and Z. I am pushing these options out of my way because that is not what I want. I am making room or I am pulling in X, Y, and Z. So you still have that push and that pull, If you're, you know, using the car metaphor again, you're not putting your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time. In certain areas, you're putting your foot on the gas. In certain areas, you're putting your foot on the brake, but you're still getting momentum. Being clear is just the next level. Pushing and pulling is just the next level of manifesting. And if you're having trouble, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. It, it, you know, I've brought up babies a handful of times. I've brought up side hustles a handful of times. You know, it could even be hiring an employee. It could be, I, I don't want to trivialize anything, but it, the, the what you want doesn't matter. Everything has a push and pull in your life. So whether it is a relationship, <laughs> whether it is... Um, a hair length, whether it is an an outfit or a closet or a credit score, every single thing in your life has this push and this pull. And the exhausting part is not the work that you're doing or the action that you're taking. The exhausting part is when you're not clear. I cannot tell you, and I know I've given you examples, probably a lot of examples in this episode, but like I cannot tell you how many times I have been so drawn out and so exhausted because I couldn't get really, 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 really really clear to the point where I could visualize it like it's a movie in my my brain. I got exhausted when I was not clear to that level, to that detail. Now, mind you, that doesn't mean you have to know every single thing. I had no clue that the house we were going to get was going to be a manufactured home. I was open and willing to see the manufactured homes. I wasn't willing to prove, you know, put them out. You know, the things that I was pushing out was, oh, it has to have a ton of windows or I'm not going to look at it. It has to be a four bedroom or I'm not going to look at it. It has to have two bathrooms or I'm not going to look at it. It has to be eight acres or more or I'm not going to look at it. So there is a little bit of wiggle room in the gray area, but again, I go back to it's still clear enough that someone, whether it's the universe or your subconscious or your real estate agent can go ahead and fulfill your order or your salesperson can fulfill your order. So it's easy to confuse the thought process with action. And the thinking is where you need to get clear. And then the thinking always leads to an action. So maybe the action is instead of running around like a crazy person and Googling 10,000 different types of trailers, if I'm clear on the trailer I want, okay, cool. I just freed up hours of my time. That means every time I call a dealership, so maybe let's go back to being practical, right? If I am clear that we want a specific trailer and I'm looking for specific requirements, that means my action would be, okay, cool, let me Google all the trailer places in Florida and Georgia. Okay, cool, let me make a list of them. So I go and I make a list. And then in, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever, right? I can go and I can call every single one of those people on that list and I can say, hey, John Smith, Mary Sue, Betty Jane, who else, right? Salesperson X, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Do you have it on the lot? Yes or no? If they say yes, cool. Can you send me pictures in your pricing? If they say no, okay, thank you so much for your time. And you move on that level of action takes such a smaller amount of time to get me what i want than if i was calling every single trailer place or shit i didn't even call if i was just googling shit randomly and then i was calling trailer places randomly and saying well hey what do you have on your lot of course it's going to take a lot more time it's going to take a lot more energy and it's going to be a lot more exhausting you've taken your workload and you've not just doubled it or tripled it you've you've multiplied it by like thousands And I don't want you to do that. I want you to be able to put the order in at the Universe Cafe. I want you to be able to pick up the phone and call that salesperson and say, hey, do you have X, Y, and Z? Yes or no. And if if you can't get it to almost, and obviously yes or no doesn't work in every scenario, but if you can't get it to that level of clarity, that if you told your quote unquote order or manifesting to someone and they couldn't in return regurgitate, regurgitate what you wanted, then just get clear. And this is, again, where the journal prompts are going to come in. So journal prompt number one, if you're, you're trying to get a lot more clear on what you want, I want you to write down, pick pick one topic for this one. And if you have multiple topics, then do these journal prompts. But do one set of journal prompts per topic. So there's three journal prompts. You'll do th- those three questions for that one topic. And I want you to dive as deep as you need to in them. So question number one would be, what do you want to pull in? And I want you to give me so much level of detail, it's not even funny. Give me the things that you're not willing to negotiate on. Give me the things that you crave, that you desire, that you feel are unrealistic, but you still want it anyway. They're still tugging at your heart. What is it that you want to pull in? Journal prompt number two is what do you want to push away? So what are the things that are you're no longer available? What are the things that are your non-negotiables? What are the things that even if they come up, you will never even consider because it is not a match for you? What are you pushing away? Be super, 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 super clear. And then general prompt number three is once you've gotten clear on number one and number two, the question is where do you have desperate energy and your actions don't match your words? So again, Regardless of whatever journal prompt number one gave you and regardless of what journal prompt number two gave you, it gave you a good, clear boundary and foundation of what you're trying to achieve. But let's use number three and let's have you list, okay, where are you desperate? Where is your energy not matching? Where do your actions not match your words? Because again, everything has to be in alignment so that things can manifest faster. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't manifest something Even if you're out of alignment, you totally can, but it's not going to be what you want. It's going to be slow, clunky, and messy. And we don't have time for that. We are no longer available for slow, clunky, and messy. It is a way for you to clean up your energy, clean up everything, get back on track, and get back on track in a much faster way. And then once you've gotten all three of those journal prompts answered, and you're very, very, very clear on what you want, then I want you to go ahead and release. I want you to release the attachment and the emotion and every time you start to feel a little crazy and a little desperate i want you to use this this prayer or this mantra whenever blank is ready to come through whenever my trailer is ready to come through i am ready when you are and i'm willing to do everything in my power to be so i want you to to use that so that you can mentally shift and and doing all these hand gestures that you can't see but you've got to think like it's like a bank fault i want you to shift it and have that like kind of click into place like you know that you can focus on that mantra and say it over and over again mind you the first time i used this mantra it was for something completely different and i had to say it probably like 10 times before i felt like this like I don't know if you've ever heard it, but you probably have like on the bank vault or when you're using, you know, when you're watching these movies and there's a bank heist and they spin the vault and you hear this loud thunk where everything physically clicks into place. I want you to use that mantra to have everything click into place so that you can be super clear. And if you start to get swirly, go back to the mantra. You don't need to do the journal prompts all over again. You've been clear on what you want. You're clear on what you don't want. You're clear on the actions you need to take. But I want you to use the mantra That you're ready when it's ready, that you are willing to do everything in your power to be so, and that you are there and you're going to take the action. And that is going to help you manifest so much faster. It is not even funny. And again, all the resources journal prompts this mantra the episodes I mentioned all of this will be in the show notes so don't worry about scrambling if you're listening to this you can listen to it as many times as you need to just click on that little hyperlink and it'll take you to everything that you need and one easy little step to make it easy on you so that you can grow and be clear and you can manifest that much faster happy manifesting bye have a burning question for me